Good. Ah, welcome everyone. Uh, we're on part nine of seven letters to seven churches from the book of Revelation and we're dealing with the seventh church today. So if you have a Bible, the passage to turn to is Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14 to the church in Laodicea. Now all of this teaching is on YouTube, Harvest Church Croydon UK. You can find all of the Sunday services which is a brief preach on the subject. You can go to Digging Deeper and find much more there. Uh, so this as I say is part nine. We're dealing with the last church the church in Laodicea. So shall we read? Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Now this is Jesus. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. But you don't realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love are rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father, would you give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I said to you, I would not be comfortable if Jesus were to write a report on this church and post it in the Bible for all to see. I would rather he showed me at first to see whether I come out good, to see whether harvest comes out good. Well, poor old Laodicea because they receive no commending comment from the Lord whatsoever. When we looked last week at Philadelphia, 
they received no criticism whatsoever. But Laodicea is completely different. And there is an understanding that I believe is a, a wrong understanding. That each church represents a period of time throughout human history. And that the church of Laodicea is the church of today. And I have a, I have a big problem with that understanding. Not least... I don't want to live in the church of Laodicea. I don't want to believe that we have to be a lukewarm, sickly church that Jesus wants to spit out of his mouth and there's nothing we can do about it. I want to be like Philadelphia. I want to be the church of the open door. I want to be like Smyrna, though you are poor, yet you are rich. So for that reason, many others, I don't accept that. Uh, I want us to hone in on the most famous verse, which is Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Uh, if you look on the screen, it's not very clear. But if you were to go to St. Paul's and you were to walk through St. Paul's in London, you would see a massive painting by Holman Hunt, Jesus standing at the door. It's not his first attempt. He painted quite a few of them. I think the most original one is in Oxford. But this is a large one that he did with the help of another painter because he was developing glaucoma and couldn't see so well so he, he needed help but this is the picture of Revelation 3.20 from Holman Hunt and many people have it, it is kind of dark like that um, but you can google that and see the a better picture the door is all covered in ivy there's no handle on the door it can't be opened from the outside it can only be opened from the inside and there Jesus is knocking on the door I stand at the door and knock now I'm going to rock your boat this morning I might even upset you a little because I believe this is one of the most mishandled verses of all time it's taken completely out of context and interpreted in completely the wrong way. But please, just disagree with me if you don't like it. That's fine. You see, the context that most people take is this. To every unbeliever, everyone who has never received Jesus, Jesus is knocking on your door. And he's saying... If you open the door, I will come in and I will be with you. Unsaved friends, will you open the door tonight? Will you let Jesus into your life tonight? Have you heard that message? Yes. yes. And if you were preaching on this, you may well use that as your message. And I want to say, there is a bit of truth in that. I get it. 
I get where you're coming from. Christ is standing at the door of your heart asking to come in. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, first of all, that's not the context of the verse. But secondly, it makes you the key player. You're the smart one if you open the door. You're the dumb one if you don't open the door. It's all about you opening the door. It's not about God, it's about you. And Christ is placed in a kind of a passive role, almost, almost a pleading role, almost a pathetic role. Would you let me in? Can I, can I come in please? That's what makes me uncomfortable about this because God didn't knock on Abraham's door saying, excuse me, Abram, I'm looking for someone to make a great nation out of, to bless. Would you like to be that person? Uh, excuse me, Moses, I know you've spent 40 years in the wilderness herding sheep. I'm just wondering, would you like to lead my people out of Egypt? Did God go knocking on John and James's door or Andrew and Peter's door and saying, excuse me guys, I'm Jesus, I'm looking for some disciples. Um, I think you'd be pretty good for the job. Would you like to come and follow me? Come, follow me. They left their nets. What about Paul on the road to Damascus? Excuse me, Paul. I think you're just the man I'm looking for. I'm looking for an apostle to the Gentiles. Would you like the job? Paul, get up. Who are you? I'm Jesus and I'm sending you. What if he doesn't want to go? He's not pleading. He's not knocking. He's saying. And I could mention Noah. And I could mention David. And I could mention Isaiah. And I could mention Jeremiah. Before you were conceived in the womb, I knew you. And I've appointed you to be a prophet. Not, excuse me, Jeremiah. Would you like to be a prophet that no one ever listens to? <laughs> no. No. God called them. Ephesians 1. He chooses. He predestines. He adopts. Have you ever seen a baby interviewed about its adoption? No. It's just adopted. The baby can't go, excuse me, don't want to be part of that family. You were chosen, predestined, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, filled with the Holy Spirit. How did he do that? Ephesians 1 says, in accordance with his pleasure and will, according to his good pleasure. And why did he do it? 
to the praise of his glorious grace for the praise of his glory to the praise of his glory it's all there in scripture so pastor ronnie you've just taken the ground away from that verse how are we to understand it like this jesus is not knocking on the door of an unbeliever he's knocking on the door of a congregation of so-called believers he's writing he's knocking on the door of a church saying excuse me church would you like me in your congregation that's the context laodicea is the church of the closed door philadelphia is the church of the open door i have placed before you an open door that no one can shut revelation is the book of open doors if you go to revelation chapter 4 verse 1 after this i looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven heaven's doors open heaven's door is open uh, if you want a door picture why don't you go through the door to heaven that's much more biblical the door is open in heaven the church per se not just the church in philadelphia but the church as a whole is the city of the open door now you'll have to turn with me to this revelation 21 revelation 21 and verse 24 no can't be 20 yes it is 24 now let's go to 22 revelation 21 22 john says i didn't see a temple in the city because the lord god almighty and the lamb are its temple the city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of the lord gives its light and the lamb is its lamp now the city is us we are the new jerusalem and god is there with us the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor in, into it on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there that's us uh, look at verse verse uh, nine of that same chapter one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me come i will show you the bride the wife of the lamb that's us and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city jerusalem so we are the holy city we are the new jerusalem we are the bride of christ where god and the lamb dwell and our doors are never shut 
the doors are open. We are the ultimate inclusive body of Christ. You know, so much is talked about inclusion. Are you inclusive? Yes, we will take any sinners into our company whatsoever, regardless of colour, regardless of creed, regardless of morality, regardless of it, we welcome you to receive Jesus Christ as your saviour. So Laodicea is odd. It's the church of the closed door. It's closed to grace. It's closed to blessing. It's closed to salvation. And most of all, it's closed to Jesus. Now, how does, how does a church get to that place? Gradually. Subtly. And usually unknowingly. This scripture has a very special place in my life because I can remember preaching on this very text. It was my last sermon in Scotland before coming to Spurgeon's College to train for ministry. And my heart was heavy because the church I was preaching it in I felt was like Laodicea. They had gradually, subtly, unknowingly pushed Jesus out of their church. Look at verse 17. You say here is, here is a self-assessment. You know, the seven churches have been assessed by Jesus. And one of them had a reputation from outsiders. But here is a self-assessment. They've carried out a self-assessment. I wonder if we carried out a self-assessment on harvest, what we would say. But here's what they say. I am rich. <laughs> I'm rich. I have acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. <laughs> That's either good news or bad news. I think it's bad news. Because every church that has been called poor so far, Jesus has come and said, you're not poor, you're rich. So I guess every church that says it's rich, Jesus is likely to come and say, no, you're not, you're poor. I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing. What would that look like today? It's difficult to speak on this without appearing arrogant, because when you preach on a church that might look like this, you tend to think on other churches that you can recognise in this, not your own. 
But it is a fact, Lindsay, you'll know this, that rich churches, prosperous churches, going places churches, tend not to spend a lot of their time joining with other churches. They're not so heavy on working together with other churches, coming together for joint events, coming together as pastors for joint things. They tend to stay aloof. Why? Because they don't need us. I think one of the reasons church unity is much, uh, much more common nowadays than when I was young is because the church is smaller now. Baptists would never meet with Catholics. Protestants in Scotland would never meet with Catholics. Pentecostals didn't tend to meet with Reformed churches and so forth. We all kept into our own little bit and we were all rich and had wealth and didn't need a thing. But now the churches are dwindling and places are almost closing. We're forgetting some of these differences and we're coming together now and saying, hey, we need one another. So a Laodicean church that has everything. I don't need other believers. I don't need to be accountable. When I become, when the world, when the church finally recognises that I am an extremely anointed, gifted and powerful preacher and I start to have a church of thousands, I'll call the shots in here. It's what I decide that matters. It's what I say that matters. Because this church has been built because of me. Have you ever seen that? Powerful preachers who are accountable to no one but themselves. And they set up their own international ministry and they have trustees. And you think, oh, that's good. They're accountable to trustees. No, the guy hires and fires his trustees. Accountable to no one. I don't need your support. We don't really need to be an extremely praying church. We've got everything we need. Except God. Except Jesus. Great worship. Great word. Great team. Fantastic car park. Great, great wardens and servants and ah oh, amazing you want to see this operation it's amazing it's so good that you can take the holy spirit out of it and it will be just the same <laughs> father forgive me <laughs> <laughs> you see when Jesus says, I'm standing at the door. This is a door to fellowship. This is a door to holiness. This is a door 
to fruitfulness. This is a door to overcoming. It's not about a believe, an unbeliever coming to Christ. It's about a believer coming into the fullness of everything that God has. It's about a church coming into the fullness of everything that God has. And Jesus stands at the door, not pleading, but saying, if you want to go my way in this, I'm here. But if you want to go your own way, it's up to you. The door is corporate. He's speaking to the church, but it becomes very personal. I stand at the door and knock if any man hears my voice. And uh, in the interests of inclusion, you may have a Bible that says, uh, if any person, okay, okay, but it's man, it says in the text. Uh, should open, it doesn't mean male, it means human. If any person in the church, Laodicea, you're a car crash. Laodicea, you need to sort yourself out and quick. But if there's any one of you here and you want to open the door, I will come in with you and I will sup with you. So the whole church might be going off the rails, but you can find your place with God. That's the message here. You can find your place with God. And you know, what happens in my experience is that when you take that step, if you're living in a Laodicean church, in emphasis, and you ask Jesus in to change you, you then have a very difficult decision on your hands. The decision is, do I stay or do I go? And you may feel the Lord saying, stay, because I've got a job for you here. I've got something for you here. Or you may hear him saying, leave, I've got something else for you. And that's a very difficult situation. It's a situation Pam and I have been in. And I'm sure most of you have been in. Do I go or do I stay, etc.? It's not the knocking you need to hear. It's the voice. I'm knocking at the door. If any man hears my voice. Used to go up my granny's stairs. She always left the door open. And uh, immediately you came in the door of her house. She lived in a flat. Uh, there was a stairway up. And we used to open the door and we'd go, it's me, <laughs> it's me. She would know my voice. You'll know his voice when he knocks on your heart. You'll know his voice. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and I'll eat with him and he with me. Just like those two on the road to Emmaus you know they said would you like to to come and eat with us and he came and ate with them ate with them and he revealed himself to them 
And Pam didn't read the verse, my favourite verse from that passage, didn't our heart burn? Didn't our hearts burn when he spoke to us? I will come in and I will sup with you and I will talk to you and I will reveal things to you and I will empower you and I will fill you if you'll just open the door believer. I, I suppose we could if we wanted a, a word to put on it, it might be sanctification that process of becoming holy process of becoming more like him if anyone hears my voice into my heart into my heart come into my heart Lord Jesus come in today come in to stay come into my heart Lord Jesus shall we pray shall we pray Father,